0: I believe we know that for sure. If you don't know it for sure today, I believe you can. <clears throat> Amen. If you got your Bibles, turn to John chapter 2. John chapter 2. Now that I've sung my voice out, we're going to try to preach. <clears throat> Y'all pray for us this morning. Um, I'll just tell you this, I guess. I, The last, I don't know, um, been odd the last, I don't know, probably five or six Saturdays. I just can't get settled on anything. I don't know what what it is or why it is, if the Lord's just using it to uh, make me study more or what, but I just can't never feel like I'm settled on anything, and I studied a long time yesterday, and uh, off and on, and uh, Papa's always, I've watched him on Saturdays, he's always stood around the house on Saturdays, and he'd be in and out of the office all day long, and I wondered why he'd done that. Well, now I see. Uh, I, I guess while I was out and about preaching, it was a little easier. I don't know. Now that I'm standing here, I, I take this more serious. Not that I didn't take that serious, but I take this more serious. Um, this place is holy to me. Amen. This place means something to me, and uh, I studied and studied yesterday, and I'll be honest, the thought that I've got on my mind don't seem like a whole lot. But as I was studying, it was like the Lord spoke to me. And I was actually reading in a commentary. And uh, the commentary I was reading uh, uh, through this scripture, the Lord had spoke to this man that was writing his commentary. And he said that, you know, a lot of times, and he even give the testimony I just give basically in his commentary, that uh, most of the time he feels like what he's got is just so small. And that's the way I feel every, every service. I feel like what I've got is just so small. But when the Lord begins to anoint it, it changes everything. When the Lord begins to touch in it, He's the one that can talk to hearts. You know, I can't speak to nobody's heart in here today. I can't help anybody. There's nothing that I can do for anybody that's in here, but the Lord can. And if we'll just do our best to be in God's will, I believe that the Lord can speak to hearts. You know, a lot of times I believe that we get caught up in uh, telling people what we should do and what we shouldn't do and how we ought to act and how we ought not to act and just uh, uh, a way to, to, to... almost legalism, just telling people how we should live. And if I don't tell them how to live, they won't know. But if I can get the Holy Ghost of God down in you, if the Lord, I can't do it, but God can. But if the Lord gets down in you, I won't have to tell you how to live. The Lord will. I won't have to tell you to come to church on Wednesday night. The Lord will. I won't have to tell you that you ought not be drinking or cussing or doing all these things of the world. The Lord will tell you. And if I can, if we can get you saved, that's the thing. Not me, not, not that I can do it, but if I'll bring you Jesus, I believe He'll do the work, and that's all we're going to try to do this morning. Uh, John chapter 2, very simple thought, very simple message. If you found your place, let's all stand. John chapter 2, we're we'll going to read the first 11 verses, I'll give you what's on my heart. John chapter 2, verse 1, and the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. This wine right here, I'm just going to get this out of the way before we start. This wine ain't alcoholic wine. This wine is unfermented grape juice. The word that's used here in the original language is the same word. They translated it as juice and wine. It's the same word they use, And this is not fermented alcohol. This is unfermented grape juice. "'Jesus saith unto her, "'Woman, what have I to do with thee? "'Mine hour is not yet come. "'His mother saith unto the servants, "'Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. "'And there was set there six water pots of stone, "'after the manner of the purifying of the Jews, "'containing two or three firkins apiece. "'Jesus saith unto them, "'Fill the water pots with water, "'and they filled them up to the brim.' And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast, and they bury it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse... But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This is the beginning of of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. Let's pray. Father, we bow before you once again this morning, God, thanking you for another opportunity to be in your house, thanking you for the words, God, in the the, the the Bible, God, that we have here that we can hold in our hands, God. Lord, I pray that you'd bless the reading of your word. God, I pray that you'd help us to bring out the message that you put on our heart. God, we pray that you'd help our voice, God, to hold out. Lord, uh, I, I need you touch, God. I pray, Lord, that you'd speak to hearts in this place. God, there's nothing of me that can help anybody here today, God, but you are the one, God, you're the man, God, that can help everybody. Lord that can give us exactly what we need to help us carry on another mile God to help us draw closer to you God that's the desire of our heart is to see each one here including myself uh, draw closer to you and be exactly what you'd have for us to be God I pray that you'd have your will and your way here today Lord I pray if there's one that's lost God under the sound of my voice God that you'd uh, uh, draw them to an old fashioned altar of repentance God and save their soul Lord if there's one backslid draw them to you your will be done in Jesus name Amen You can be seated Amen. You know, as I, I, I've read this story many times before, and I'm sure that each one of you have. But as I read this story, um, this is right after Jesus has been baptized by John, and the Spirit of God descended on him like a dove. And this is right at the very beginning of his ministry. Actually, this is the, the first miracle, and it says it there in the Scripture. This is the first miracle that Jesus performed while he was here on earth. And you know, as I read this passage of Scripture and I read this story and this account of what happened, when I look at it, I think, well, there sure ain't a lot spiritual about that. To me it just seems like what does this wedding having Jews have to do with anything spiritual? A lot of times we look at God and we think that God only dwells or God only deals in the things that super spiritual or the things that's just great big. Those drug addicts like me and like Dylan and a bunch of us in here that He only saves them that's drastic. Or we look at life and we think that God doesn't really care about the small details in our lives but I believe that God cares about all of it. You know we've all heard of the law of first mention that when a a word is first mentioned in the Bible that it sets the tone for the way that word is used in the word of God going through and I believe that we can apply that same theory that same law to this miracle this is the very first miracle that God has performed Jesus performed God in the flesh has performed while he was here on earth and I believe that we can look at this miracle and it sets the tone for all the miracles that Jesus is going to do going forward I believe that when we look at this miracle even though on the, on the surface it may look like there's not a lot spiritual it may look like there's not some great message that's in it but I believe what it shows us is the heart of the Lord that's a message that's on our heart this morning is the heart of the Lord. I believe that this shows us uh, where Jesus' heart was while He was here on earth. If you read back there, uh, we'll just start back over. And the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and His disciples to the marriage. So apparently uh, Mary, Jesus' mother, was already there. She was already at this wedding and... Uh, To me, it looks like maybe the the disciples and Jesus was... was late invites. Maybe they was invited a little bit later but it said that Jesus and his disciples was called to the marriage and in this time it would have been a disrespect not to accept an invite to an event like this. So Jesus and his disciples go to this wedding that they've been called to and verse number 3 said and when they wanted wine the mother of Jesus saith unto him they have no wine. So apparently they've already been drinking this wine Then, if you read down there I think it's verse number 10 it tells that they had already had some but yet they had run out and the wine that they had they had already run out of and as I began to uh, uh, read in this I thought well what's the big deal What's the big deal if they've run out of juice? You know, in our day, it's it's not a big deal if you don't have something, but I believe that in this time, it would have been a disrespect to the people if you didn't have the juice, the wine to supply to them in the wedding. This was uh, maybe not a, a major thing that you was going to uh, go to jail for, or that you was going to be shunned for, but it was an embarrassment. It was an embarrassment that they didn't have what they needed to supply the people that had came to their marriage, that it came to their event that they had organized and they, uh Mary says unto jesus uh, uh, read verse three again and they went and when they went wanted wine the mother of Jesus saith unto him they have no wine so as far as we know Jesus has never worked a miracle of this type before I don't know if he did growing up but he may have but Mary knew who Jesus was this woman Mary she knew who Jesus was she uh, when they came when the angel of the Lord came to her and told her that she was going to be pregnant with the son of God from that moment I believe that she knew who Jesus was and at this time Jesus was approximately 30 years old he had lived 30 years old on the earth before he ever began his ministry and his ministry was only three and a half years you know I thought about this the other day Uh, the the number of perfection or God's number is seven and Jesus ministry was only three and a half years and when I got to thinking about that I thought you know what it's because his ministry ain't over he finished the work on the cross and he went away but just as he went away he's coming back after us he didn't leave us out hanging to dry he's coming back to take us home with him those of us that are saved and washed in the blood walking in the light of Jesus he's coming back to take us with him one day his ministry ain't over and as I read this you know I believe that Mary seen the embarrassment of the people and she knew that Jesus had the help that they needed I believe that she already knew the heart of Jesus you know we look at Jesus and I've done said it but we look at Jesus as only caring about the big things but Jesus cares about the little things as well Jesus cares about the small things in our life just as much as he cares about the big things. I believe that Mary knew he would care and I believe that Jesus desires, I wrote this down, Jesus desires to be part of every aspect of our lives. You know, I believe in our daily life, we know that the Bible says that we should pray without ceasing. I believe, you know, we can't be on our knees 24-7 praying to God every day, and I've used this illustration before, but I believe that God desires us to be in constant communication with Him, and to be in constant communication with the Lord, that means that we got to be connected. And in order for me to be connected with God, just as we preached here in 1 John a few weeks ago, we got to be walking in the light. we got to have sin out of our life, willful sin, that first degree sin, as Butch was calling it this morning, that willful sin is what separates us from God. God doesn't want us to be separated from Him. He wants us to be walking in His light, and He wants to be involved in every decision in our life. You know, I've heard testimonies time and time again about people who've went and bought a car, and the Lord didn't give them the go-ahead to go ahead and buy it. And then when they bought the car, the car broke down, and it was just a lemon, and they never had any luck with it because it was out of the will of God. I believe that with all my heart that God wants to be involved in those very minute decisions. These things that don't look big to us or things that we don't think matters but God wants to be involved in it all. I believe that He can bless in every situation in our life but in order to have the blessing of God we got to consider Him and what His will is for that decision in our life. He wants to be involved in the small things. Verse number 4, Jesus said unto her, Woman, what have I to do to thee? Uh, do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. You know, when I read this in English and he calls her woman, it looks as though he's being disrespectful. But this woman, th- th- this word woman in the Greek language didn't mean uh, uh, any kind of disrespect like we take it. He was just saying madam or ma'am. So he was respecting his mom even though that this was the God of glory and he was the uh, son of God. He was God in the the flesh all the power was given unto him and uh, he was uh, much holier than her he was righteous he was holy he still showed his mom respect you know I believe that we should respect our elders we should respect our parents we should honor our mother and father the Bible says that's the first commandment with promise is to honor our father and mother that our days might be lengthened on earth and I, I you know I believe that the Lord was showing his mother respect as an example to us that we should still Still respect our mother, but we see here that Mary, she knew the heart of Jesus. She had uh, been through, been there for the past thirty years with Jesus as he was growing up. She knew who he was. She knew how he thought. She had been with him uh, his entire life, and she had seen that he had never sinned. Oh, what that would have been like to grow up with a baby that never sinned. We know. I mean, Sally, she already will tell you a fib. She'll tell you something that's not true. She'll say, "Yes, I did this," or "No, I didn't do it," and it's not the truth. But I believe that. Jesus, when he was a baby, I don't believe he done that. Jesus never sinned. Oh, how miraculous that must have been for Mary to witness the God of heaven growing up as a child up to this age. And she knew his heart. She knew everything about him. And she knew that he cared for his people. Uh, Proverbs 18.24 says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly, and there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I believe that she knew that Jesus cared about everyone. And we've got that same Savior, that same Jesus with us. He walks with us on a daily basis, and He cares about every situation that happens in our life. that's the heart of Jesus the heart of Jesus is that he cares the heart of Jesus is that it matters to him what you go through as I was studying this out I thought about uh, Lazarus when Lazarus had died and Mary and Martha was talking to Jesus and the Bible says that Jesus wept Jesus didn't weep because he couldn't raise him from the dead or that he didn't know that he was getting ready to raise him from the dead he wept because of uh, their sadness because of their heartache and he wept because of the Jews that had rejected Him and still hadn't believed. It broke His heart because He cared. That's the heart of Jesus. The heart of Jesus is that He cares. He cares in every situation in our life. Verse number 4 again Jesus saith unto her Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Jesus everywhere through the New Testament everywhere that you read about Jesus All, everything that Jesus done was to satisfy the will of the Father. It wasn't of His will. He says, not my will, but thine be done. Every miracle that He performed, he, he, he waits on the Lord to tell Him which direction to go. And everything He does, He does it through the Holy Ghost. I believe that Jesus still had all the power of heaven, but He chose not to, to, to use it and He allowed the Holy Ghost to work through Him. He lived the same life that me and you live. And He cared the way that we should care. He cared about this marriage, as small as this may seem. And it does to me. It seems so small to me that they didn't have any juice to uh, any more juice they had ran out of juice in order to give the people but Jesus did care about that and Mary cared about that because she knew Him and if we knew Him we would care about these small things we would care when our brother and our sister was hurting we would care when our brother and sister had a lost family member that was dying and going to hell and they continually asked for prayer for them we would care about those things it would burden us as, as Larry taught this morning it would burden us with those burdens that they have a burden so it should burden me. It should burden me that Larry's daddy is laying on his deathbed. more than likely. He ain't going to make it very long. That should be a burden in my heart. If I know Jesus and Jesus has that same burden, that same burden should be in me. That's the heart of Jesus is that he cares. But we know that Jesus here, what he's saying to Mary is that my time has not yet come. I don't believe that the father had given the instruction to do this. Mary wanted him to do it. Mary knew that he cared. Mary seen uh, what the need was at the wedding and she knew it was small. And I believe that this was intentional that this was the first miracle that Jesus had done. This was intentional in order to uh, set the tone for the miracles in the life of Jesus and all the miracles going forward. It was intentional that this be the first one. But in this moment, the Lord had not told Jesus, the Father had not told Jesus to go ahead and do this miracle. Can I say this, that not everything that looks good is from the Father. You know, sometimes we'll look at a ministry or we'll we'll look at a ministry to invest our money in or we'll look at a ministry to go into work at and we'll say, well, that's got to be the Lord's will because that's good. You know, not everything that looks good or looks like it's prospering or doing something for the Lord is the Lord's will. I believe we need to pray about them things. I do. I believe that with all my heart, I believe that the Lord uh, led me to go to the Hope Center Ministries and preach to them boys because He showed me. He showed me that them was... Was my people and then I could have an influence on them but there's some places that the Lord's not told me to go and if I go and I do something against the will of the Lord I'm going to cause damage I need to be just like Jesus was here and to give heed to what the Father says. He was waiting on instruction from heaven on which direction to go. I believe that's what we need to do as children of God I'll, um, I'll tell you this this is just an example that the Lord give me and I don't, I don't mean any of this as, as bragging or anything of that nature So please don't take it that way But I've been preaching now for nearly a year and a half And the first year that I was preaching We was out preaching in other places And uh, all those people Justin can be a witness to it All those people really love you all those people when you go into a church that don't have a pastor and they ain't heard nobody preach in a while and they ain't ain't felt the spirit of God they'll really love you and they'll appreciate you well while I was out there was two different churches that had asked me to be their pastor they'd asked me to uh, uh, take their church and to pray about being their pastor and neither one of these churches I I was preaching at both of them I'd seen souls saved I'd seen the uh, Christians rededicated I'd seen changes in people I'd seen changes in the church and people was coming back to God and the Lord was really moving in it and I began to ask God I say, God is this where you want me to be I don't know where you want me but I want to be in your will and I asked God and he finally gave me an answer to one of them he said this ain't it this ain't the place so I was praying to him about the other place and I never could get an answer you know I really could have messed up because it would have been easy to take one of these churches that was not the place that God had for me and to step into this position and it not be in the will of God and do more Damage than I've done good. You know, I've seen pastors all across America that they're they're not looking for the will of God. They're looking to advance. They're looking for a bigger paycheck. They're looking to leave this church and go to another church so that they can have a higher name or so that they can make more money. But that's not the will of God. Unless the Lord tells you to go in a certain direction, you better stay right where you're at. You know, if I took one of them other churches, I I would have been out of the will of God and I believe that the Lord knew the situation that Mount Vernon would be in right now and that Papa would have to take a break a while and that I would need to be here to fill in. I believe that the Lord knew that even though I didn't understand even though I felt like it was hard on me and my family uh, traveling around to all these places and it was hard on Tiffany and Sally harder than it was on me because they needed somewhere to be steadfast. They needed a routine. Sally was up to the age where she needed to start going to Sunday school and in my mind I thought boy it sure would be nice just to be to know where I'm going every Sunday, just to be able to have my daughter in a Sunday school class, just to know, you know, and churches take care of their pastor, that little bit of extra money. In my mind, I thought, boy, that sure would be nice to have, but I don't want to do it if it's not in the will of God. And I thank God I didn't. I thank God I didn't. I thank God that He gave me direction. If we really want direction from God, He'll give it to us. He'll give it to us. Amen. Verse number four again. <clears throat> Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. I like is, Verse number five. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Well, she was persistent. <laughs> she was persistent. She knew the Lord's heart. She had seen this man since the day he was born. She was his mama. Ain't nobody knows you like your mama knows you. Your daddy knows you pretty good. Your friends know you pretty good. Your spouse knows you pretty good, but your mama knows you better than anybody. Your mama knows who you are. Your mama knows your heart. And I believe that Mary here knew the heart of Jesus. She knew who He was. And she knew that if she would just continue on, she knew that if she would just continue asking, and uh, we should know that if we've got a lost family member or we need God to move in a situation in our life, if we'll just be persistent, if we'll just keep asking, if we'll just keep seeking His direction, and if we'll just keep crying out to God, then He will answer that prayer. He will handle that need That need that we've got in our life The Lord will handle it And He will answer it Because He cares for us But sometimes we just got to be persistent And carry on I thought about Dylan and uh, uh, Jamie and Christy You know there was times And uh, Jamie's testified to it many times That he never thought that Dylan could get straight He got tired of Dylan He got tired of the things that Dylan was doing And they butted heads And I thought about Papa and Scotty Papa and Momo were just war slap out From the things that that Scotty does and from the way that the devil has worked in his life and in return has worked in their life he's been a thorn in their side but he loves them and for all these years they've been persistent they've continued to cry out to God and the only reason Scotty ain't dead the only reason Dylan ain't dead the only reason I'm not dead is because somebody was persistent to seek the will of God and to cry out to God because we know his heart We know that He cares for us. That's the reason I'm here today is because I know He loves me. There's a crowd that says you ought not preach about the love of God. But if it wasn't for the love of God, I wouldn't have anything. If it wasn't for the love of God, I wouldn't be standing here today. The love of God is all I've got. What drew me back to His house was His love. Was his love. We got to be persistent. Don't give up. I know it looks hopeless, but Mama and Papa have been an example. Lord, I pray I ain't got to be that example. I don't want Sally to go down that road. Whew. That breaks my heart just to think that Sally could go down that road and that happened just so that I could be an example. But I believe that the Lord knew that Bill and Janet would carry on and they would be the example of that steadfastness. They'd be the example of that praying, uh, uh, unconditionally praying, that unconditional love that they've had for their son that all of Logap has seen not just the not just Mount Vernon but all of Logap has seen it and the Lord knew that they could handle it and they knew the Lord's heart and they knew that the Lord cared for them and they've continued to be steadfast in the ministry they've continued to pastor and do the things that they know they're supposed to do and they hadn't gave up they hadn't gave up on Scotty it was 2005 when he got shot 2005 Scotty got shot and the surgeon, I just told this story to somebody this week. And uh, the surgeon came in. Most of you know it. Surgeon came in and told him there was no hope, basically. And I remember sitting there and Papa said, just give us something. Just give us something. And the surgeon said, i give you 5% chance that he makes it till the sun comes up. Not that He lives, but that He makes it till the sun comes up. And here we are, however many years later, 18 years later, and He's still alive today. That's because the Lord cares for His people. That's because the Lord, the heart of the Lord is that He cares, and He wants to answer our prayers and supply our needs. If Mama, and papa had quit along the way, he may not be here today. If they'd quit praying for him, he may not be here. Listen, I just want to encourage you this morning that the Lord loves you, and the Lord cares for you, and His heart is is to answer your prayers keep praying keep pressing on you may not can see the outcome but there's something out there in the future that you're going to be thankful that you didn't quit along the way just keep pressing on for the glory of God don't back up don't back down don't go back to the world there's nothing out there there's death and misery and hopelessness darkness is all that's out there don't go back just keep pressing on Verse number four again. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Verse five, his mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. You know, I found this interesting. This is the last recorded words of Mary in the Bible. After this, there's nowhere else in the word of God that the words of Mary is recorded. And the woman that knew Jesus better than anybody, the last recorded words that she said uh, was, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Be obedient. That's the next point. Be obedient. Obey the voice of the Lord. The only hope I've got, the only help I've got is to obey the voice of the Lord and go in the direction that He calls me to go. You know, a lot of times I don't understand what He's doing. It don't make sense, but I can't see out there in the future. He already knows what's out there. He knows what's out there far greater than I do. All I can see is what's going on right now. But the Lord's got a plan. The Lord had a plan as a 12-year-old boy sitting back there where Jerry Hodges is sitting the first time he ever spoke to my heart and called me to preach he had a plan for what was happening here today I didn't obey his voice then but he knew that I wouldn't but he had a plan and because he cared for me and because he cared for us he began to deal with me that many years ago and he knew that I would run for 20 years and not obey his voice but I was in misery and I was in torment and I hated every aspect of my life but then when I turned back to him and I give it all back That's where my peace and joy came from. That's where the goodness of God began to bless my life again because of obedience. That's the call that's on our life is to be obedient. Verse number 6. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water And they filled them up to the brim. So here it is. Mary's persistence has already paid off. Jesus at first, just a couple verses earlier there, in verse number 4 said, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. He said it wasn't His time yet. And then just down to verse number 7, that's just three verses later, now Mary's told the servants to do whatever He says. She's been persistent. She's had faith that the Lord was going to answer her prayer. And uh, now in verse number 7, now He's telling them to fill their water pots. You know, I believe... um, this this what they're doing here by filling the water pots is they're doing all that these men are able to do. I believe that's all that the Lord has called us to do is to do all that we're able to do. I believe that uh, yesterday I told you about when I was studying to preach and I was just getting discouraged because I didn't know exactly where to go and I knew that the Lord had put my heart here and I didn't really know what to do with it. And He told me, uh, He said, just do all you know to do. You do your part and I'll do the rest. You know, I don't believe that's just for the preacher. I believe that's for every one of us. It's easy for us to look out and say that, see that nothing's happening or think that we're not doing enough and I live in that valley that valley is the the story of my life is I feel like I'm not doing enough I feel like I'm not doing enough to make something happen but there ain't but so much that I can do all I can do is fill the pot to the brim and after that it's up to the Lord if I'll just put it in His hands and I'll do my part then He'll take over you know I, I love using this story of where the red fern grows how many of you have ever watched that? We're at That's one of my favorite movies. If you don't know nothing about the movie, it's a young boy and he's training his coon dogs from puppies. And uh the first time that he finally gets to take his puppies hunting, he didn't have no money. He, didn't, he wasn't able to just buy a good dog, he had to make them himself. Well, he made two coon dogs, and the first night that he went hunting, this was back in the old days, and they just had lamps, and they uh, they, they they didn't have tracking systems and all this stuff like we got now. But the first time he went hunting, he stayed out all night long. And his dogs, these puppies that he'd raised up from a baby he had put in everything he had into him. He'd done his part. He'd done everything that he could do in order to make these dogs coon dogs. Well, they end up treating a coon. It's a male and a female, and they end up treating this coon. And when they get this coon treed, it's a great old big tree. And this little boy's got a little bitty hatchet. He didn't have a gun. He didn't have a scope where he could just shoot it out to him. But he had this little bitty hatchet. And he begins to chop on this tree. I mean, it's a great old big tree. And begin, this is a true story. He begins to chop on this tree with this little bitty hatchet. Well, then the scene goes to... The next morning, here he is. That tree's still standing, and he's laid up against his tree asleep. And his mom and dad come out on the wagon and they see him. And they, they say, Son, come on home, come on home. And he tells him, He says, I can't. I can't. My dog's done their part, and I got to do mine. I got to do my part. You know, that's all that the Lord expects from us is for us to do our part. Give it all that we've got. That young man stayed out there all night long chopping on a great old big tree with a little bitty hatchet. Well, his mama gives him a couple eggs, and then they take off and go back to the house. uh, When he when he begins to chop again, he's tired. He's wore out. He's been out there all night, and he stops and he prays and he prays. And this may seem foolish, but I love this example. It means something to me. He prays to God and he says, Lord, my dogs have done their part and I've tried to do my part. Lord, would you help me to make this happen? And right after he prays, he might have made a couple more chops and a great old big gust of wind comes by and that tree falls down. Because the young man had done his part and the Lord seen that he was faithful and done all that he could do, then the Lord blessed and done his part. You know, in our life, that's all that the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to give Him everything we've got. And if we'll fill the pots up to the brim, I believe that the Lord will come by and He'll bless them. You know, Larry, don't get discouraged. Pray and for Andy, you just do all you can do and I believe the Lord will come by and that breeze will blow through and I believe you'll get saved hey if he don't, you still do all you can do, well y'all slosh y'all's children, do all you can do be there every time you can be in the house of God, every time the doors is open, knock on somebody's door, whichever direction the Lord tells you to go, go and obey and do all you can do Don't get discouraged because you don't see it happening. You just do your part. You just do your part. I find this interesting. There was six water pots. And the number six is the number of man. And man always falls short. The number six is the number of man. And man always falls short. But the number seven is the number of God. The number of completion. And God never fails. <laughs> and these men filled these water pots all the way up to the brim. And then when God stepped in, He completed the work. <laughs> I can't complete the work in your life. I can't teach you or preach to you and make you live right. But the Lord can. And if I will do all I can do, the Lord will step in and He'll do His part. <clears throat> Verse 7 again. Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. So these servants, I don't know if these servants, they probably didn't have any idea who he was. These were just Jews, and they didn't know who Jesus was, but Mary did. And I found this interesting that just by the faith of Mary, this miracle took place. Not faith that the miracle would take place. Not faith in the faith, but faith in Jesus. Faith that Jesus was who He said He was. And faith that the Lord cares about His people. And these are the Jews as God's chosen people. And He cares about them just the same as He cares about you and me. And because of the faith of Mary and because these servants were obedient, they probably didn't even know who He was, but because they were obedient, He brought this thing to pass. Verse number 8 said, And He saith unto them, Draw out now and bear unto the good governor of the feast so he goes from telling them to fill their water pots with water and then immediately they draw it out I bet these servants thought he was crazy he didn't go over there and lay hands on the water pot and say big, some great old big fancy prayer. He didn't say abracadabra and it magically changed into wine. He didn't do any of this stuff. He didn't even pray. He didn't bow down and pray. He didn't do anything. But because they were obedient and because of the faith, the miracle automatically happened. He didn't have to do anything magical or something great big. But because they were obedient, the very thing that they needed come to pass. Boy, can you imagine, you filled up these water pots, you're this servant, you fill them up, you fill them up to the brim, you've done everything that you know to do, and as soon as you get it filled to the brim, the Lord says, all right, now dip you some out. And you think, well, where's he going with this? And when you dip it out, it's wine. When you dip it out, this thing that you've just done, come out something totally different. You know, there's things in my life, there's times that I've studied to preach, or times that I've went to talk to a lost man or woman, and I think, boy, I just ain't got nothing to give them. And I didn't. And when I took and I gave them all that I had, the Lord turned it into something sweet. The Lord turned it into a miracle that come from Him just because of obedience. Obedience will bring upon a miracle. It'll bring a miracle in our life, the very thing we need, if we'll be obedient, Jesus will bring it to pass. I thought about this. They filled these pots with water. Ephesians 5, 25 and 26. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. The Word is the water. If you want to be a blessing and a help to somebody else, if you want to be full of the Spirit of God and you want to have the Lord's touch in your life, you got to fill yourself with the Word. You've got to fill yourself with the Word. He said, study to show thyself approved. And in order to be full of the Holy Ghost, you've got to read the Word. You've got to pray to God. You've got to seek God. I've told you all before, I listened to Jeremy Simpson's podcast. And he says this before he ends every podcast. He says, uh, make up your mind. If you're listening to this in the evening, make up your mind. You're going to wake up in the morning. You're going to read and pray. Get filled with the Holy Ghost. Go out and be a light and a witness. Be salt and earth." be a light and a witness. In order to be full of the Holy Ghost, we've got to take in the Word. In order to be full of the Spirit of God, we got to take in the Word. And we got to determine in our mind that that's what we're going to do. That that's what we're going to do. We've got the choice to be obedient or not. I believe that the Lord expects us on a daily basis to get full of the Word. I believe that the Lord expects us on a daily basis to walk in the light. I believe the Lord expects us to be the salt of the earth every day of our life. And if we want to see miracles happen and our prayers answered, we got to be obedient to God verse number 9 when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was but the servants which drew the water knew the governor of the feast called the bridegroom so the ruler here of the feast he didn't know how this had just took place he didn't know How this wine just became wine. He had no idea. Because what happened was behind the scenes. What the Lord had told them to do. And their obedience wasn't out in the open for everybody to see. It was behind the scenes. And that's the way our obedience needs to be. Our obedience needs to be behind the scenes. If we're obedient behind the scenes. He'll bless openly. You know when I was studying. And y'all have heard this comparison over and over. And I'm going to keep telling you. Because it's the one God gave me. But I began to think about the first youth revival that we had. And I remember that there was a group text of us, uh, several men that was in this group. And for, I don't know, two or three months before, we fasted every week. We'd fast a day here, a day there. I think at the end, we ended up fasting for three days straight right before the youth revival. And we've done that in secret. We didn't do that out in the open, but we've done that because we knew that the Lord loved us, and I really felt like the Lord had put it on my heart to do that, and I wanted to be obedient to God because I wanted to see a move of God like we hadn't seen in a while. And I believe that because of our obedience, because not because of what we've done, but because of our faith, and because of our obedience, the Lord blessed in a mighty, mighty way. Even to this day, when we do our, our hands, or when we have spiritual your birthdays. There's one day, June 9- 19th, 20th, something like that, that a whole bunch of and stand up and give their spiritual birthday because somebody was obedient. We didn't do it out in the open. We didn't do it for our own glory. We didn't do that so somebody would know us or see us. We'd done that because it was the will of God. And we knew that He loved us. And we had that same love of God in our own hearts because we was trying to follow God. And because we'd done it behind the scenes, He blessed openly. He blessed openly. And I believe that's what's happened right here. Verse number nine. When the ruler tasted, when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew. I remember down after that youth revival. (laughs) Me and Larry and a few others that was in that group, in that text, we all looked around and we knew. We knew why what was happening was happening. We knew why the power of God and the Spirit of God was there was because we had been obedient to His will. We knew that that's why it had come to pass. And I believe that's what these servants knew right here, that this had been made, made to wine and the ruler didn't know it, but the servants did because of what they had done behind the scenes. And I'm going to tell you, I've never been blessed like I was blessed that night. Even since then, the Lord blessed majorly. And I am I shouted the place down. I had never shouted... Like that sense, but the Lord blessed over and abundantly because I knew it was what we had done in secret I didn't try to toot my own horn or boast or brag about who we were or what we had done and when the Lord blessed openly it blessed me probably more than anybody else if we want that blessing, if we want that shout, that glory in our life, we got to be obedient in secret. we got to be obedient behind closed doors when nobody else knows. we got to be obedient. I shouldn't come to church and tell you that I've been fasting all week so that we'd have a good service. I just need to do it and keep it to myself. And then when the Lord uh, manifests His Spirit right here amongst us, I'll get a blessing all on my own. And nobody else will know why. Amen. Verse number 10. <clears throat> And saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. So the, the ruler of the, the feast, he's saying most time most time I put the good stuff out first. The real good wine, the good juice, the stuff that's the best, they put it out first. But here it is, we've drank all this other, and now you've put the best out in front of me. Can I say that God always gives the best? (laughs) God don't give halfway. He gives the best. Everything He blesses in is the best. And it's the real thing. And it's something that will sustain you and keep you. But can I say this also, that the best is yet to come. You know, we've had three and a half, three and a half years Jesus' ministry was here. And the next three and a half of His ministry is going to be so much greater. You know, we've got some, some of the good wine here today. We've got some of the Spirit of God. We've seen the Lord move in some mighty ways. We've seen souls saved. We've seen Prayers answered, but the best has yet to come. The best is yet to come. I read this Wednesday night, but I'm gonna read it again. We all know this scripture. This is a very good scripture. First Thessalonians, uh Four and thirteen. But I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and the trump, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then, which we, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. The best is yet to come. Life on earth is good. I believe that when I surrendered my life to God, that I began to get some of that wine I got some of that spirit I got some of that sweetness and goodness of God hey but the real sweetness and the real goodness and the best that I'm going to have is still over yonder getting ready to come and I'm glad that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that one day I'm going to get to reap them benefits I didn't do it I didn't earn it nothing I'd done to get me there but by the grace of God and my obedience I'm a going I'm a going thank God let's all stand Tommy you come play Oh yeah, I was going to read that. Let me read that. Verse number 11 said, The beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth His glory. Our obedience. And He'll manifest forth His glory. And His disciples believed on Him. And I had a thought on that. You know, I believe that His disciples, when He called them, they already believed They believed already because they wouldn't have followed him if if they hadn't already believed. But because of the manifestation of the Spirit of God and the miracle that he worked, they believed him anymore. You want to know why our faith gets low and our faith gets down and sometimes our unbelief begins to take over? Because we ain't being obedient. If we'd be obedient, He would manifest His glory and He would reassure us that He's in all control. That He's in all power and He's the head of this thing. And He's got it all under His hand and in control. Listen, this morning if you need to pray, I'm going to move this thing. If you need to pray, come pray. The altar's open. I ain't going to beg you to come. I ain't going to ask you to raise your hands. But if you need to pray this morning and you want to see the glory of God manifested in your life, come ask Him for it.